everybody. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Hi, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. How was your taping, Muffin? Oh, it was, it was, um, it was good. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want, I don't feel like I'm allowed to say it was good. Like I, like, I feel like until I see it and it's edited and stuff, do you know what I mean? No. Like everybody's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't want to, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, get that. I get that. I get the confusion of how you feel. I'll say this. My first two, one, I didn't even know I was going to be turning it into an album. So that doesn't count, but it was something I needed the tape for and it went well. But yeah. um, I felt good about it. And then the special, I didn't feel good about it. But I also think I was doing 80 jobs and stressed out of my goddamn mind that it was. It wasn't a, yeah. So it's like, think of it this way, how the taping go, but it's not just like your performance. It's like the camera guy and the audience and how many people were there and how much money you made and the light. Like, so it's like, well, what are you asking? Are you asking about audience response? That was good. Are you asking about how I felt about my outfit? I hated it. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's- that's maybe that's why I don't know how to answer. I'm like, uh, good because yeah, it is like, there's so many different things. I, and I feel like I said that on the, um, the day after, cause everybody's like, how do you feel? And I was like tired, which I know it doesn't sound like much has happened, but I think when you have that much stress building up to some particular moment and you're trying to get all your jokes, right. And you, you know, you're like, you're in your head about your performance, your material, how you look, how you sound. And then you've got the tech people you're dealing with, like the audio and video. And then on top of that, you're socializing. So the people have come to the show. You have to be like, you know, like talking to them after and thanking them for coming. And you, like, you're worried you might be spending too much time with some people and there's other group of people who have come to see you and you, you haven't said anything to them yet. And like, you know, but in the, all between shows and you're like, all I want to do is go back upstairs and get my head, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and most people understand that. And that was fine. But it's just like there's so much going on. No, I, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I don't think people even realize that, like, you're stressing about. 90 different things. And it's a little bit like, so the other thing is you're going to have, like, you're going to be exhausted in general. Like, um, did you ever like have that typical thing that like after finals, you would always get sick? Yeah, I got sick too. I'm sick right now, but yeah. Exactly. So there is this weird, it's probably like a phenomenon we should like look up, but after like you almost like your body, you're super stressed. You have all the stuff you're focused on and your body's like, Hey, I'll push that over until you're ready. And then as soon as you like relax, as soon as you're not stressed, you don't have finals, you don't have this big thing that you have to do your whole body. Always get sick after specials, after 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 finals, after big like tours because it's like you're, you're everything is focused on getting this thing done, and as soon as you can like just unclench your body, your body's yeah. like, okay. I actually did look it up. Um, it was one of my many googles that I was trying to figure out what I what my Google was this week. Um, but it is that your body's response is like well, you're when you're stressed. Uh, your immune system is lower. Like the, the ability to ward off sickness is weaker. Um, but I also think that the, the adrenaline 
that you have about something is keeping you from getting sick. And then once that shuts off, cause there's a, like, there's a lot um, of people who like get sick on weekends, like, like have, who have nine to five stressful nine to five jobs who get sick on weekends and stuff. It's like um, your immune, you're not able to fight off the, the disease as easily. And as soon as you get a second, they're like, okay, you're sick now. <laughs> no, that, that makes a lot of sense too, because we've talked about it on here where like you'll have a cold then you go on stage, like you're dripping and then you go on stage and you don't have a cold for like the 20 minutes you're on stage. And like within five minutes of getting off stage, you're a fountain again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that makes sense between a suppressed immune system because of stress and then warding it off with adrenaline and getting stuff done. And as soon as the adrenaline dips, your body. It was, like- it was kind of crazy. Cause I was, I was like, I think I had like a stomach bug beforehand and people kept telling me it was nerves, but I was like, I know it. Ner-. And it was weird. Cause we just did, you just had that Google, like, uh, in an episode just, just like the week before, but I was like, I know what nerves stomach feels like. This is actually physical stomach. Yeah. And I did the shows and then I, and then I just like got nauseous again immediately after the show. And it was weird. I was able to do the shows. So it was just a weird yeah. thing. And you're like, thanks body. I don't know why you're doing this to me, but thank you for at least <laughs> not making me do horrible things on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the, the fear of shitting myself on stage is real. <laughs> Oh God. But like, what's crazy about it is that it just added another, you're just like, okay, what do I look like? What do I sound like? Are the tech people on it? Are the people enjoying themselves? How much money did I make? Don't shit your pants. Like, yeah. (laughs) And, and all of a sudden doing well and not shitting your pants really both high up there. (laughs) Yeah. The video guy showed me like a, like a still of myself. He was like, is this framing? Okay. And I was like, (gasps) like, you know, in your own mirror at home, you're like, I look great. And then yeah. you see it on video and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> I looked so, like I looked a lot fatter than I thought I looked. And I didn't, you know, you're just like, oh Jesus. Um, so I was like, can you cut off half of that? <laughs> just go from here <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, the other thing I was going to say about like recordings and stuff like that. Like I think, okay, you know, when you have a new joke idea and like, you we record our sets because like when you're legit in the moment whether it's going good or going bad or whatever you're just everything's new you're like so you're like completely in the moment you have like amnesia afterwards where like i remember before i recorded stuff i was like what did i say what did they laugh at how exactly did i say that yeah yeah somebody like that was really funny fuck funny what did i say i have to say it again but it's the same kind of thing with this there's so much adrenaline it's so in the moment you're so so like sometimes I'd get off and they'd be like, great job. And I was like, was it? I don't remember. Like, I don't remember what went well, what didn't go well, you know, uh, uh, where I, f- so it was actually funny editing my special. I was like, oh, I did a good job there. That's good really, job. that's really interesting. Cause I like, I, I, I listened to an old special I tried to film a few years ago before this special. Cause I was trying to remember some jokes and I was like, it was so bad that I was like, I should, what, I can't believe anybody thought I was funny ever. (laughs) I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? And then, um, and then I had had mediocre sets the Saturday before. And then I remember texting you. I was like, I I feel, I just feel like I knew it was wrong. I knew the thoughts were wrong, but I was like, I just don't understand why anybody ever thought I was funny. And you were like, (laughs) and I was like, that's the spirit. That's good luck. Whenever you feel like it's going to go to shit right before something important. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and then, and then 
the Sunday before I had the fucking fantastic gig. And I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I like how it was like your non-knowledge of that. You're just like, oh no, I'm not doing well. And then I tell you it's good luck and then you kill and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need the shit shows. Uh, yeah. And then, um, but yeah, but I, I don't know how it went. Like, it will be interesting to see how it goes in the edit. It, it did go well, like in the room. I mean, people were laughing and a lot of people were complimentary after. I, I know, like, I didn't feel like I bombed by any means. Like, I feel like it went yeah, but, well, but yeah, I don't know how well. Wasn't, if this didn't have the excessive pressure of it being forever, you know what I mean? Something that you're putting yes. on tape. You, I would have been like, how'd your show go on Monday? And you would have been like, great. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Exactly. Like it, it would have been, a I'm like, is it forever? Great. I don't know if it's forever. Exactly. Great. <laughs> exactly. Is this like I die and this is the thing people recall. Great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like that high school photo that people put of people when they die, like in the papers, like, what's that? The, <laughs> was that the photo? <laughs> you really think there should be like, when you post a photo, you should be like, when I die, this one, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, this is the one. This is the favorite. Because otherwise, you're going to end up with the the like the sort of glamoury shot, the one that was supposed to be the good one. Because the, the supposed yeah. to be the good ones are never the good ones. Also, let's just make it clear: if I made it a Facebook profile picture, it's been me approved. All right, yeah. <laughs> don't fucking go deep into the internet or some weird picture I haven't seen. If I untagged myself in something, like I'm so over people posting pictures of me from 15 years ago to promote a show. I had a uh, I'm, dude, I don't care that you don't know it's 15 years ago. Where the fuck did you find that? What dude, depths did you find I know. that? <laughs> I know. I'm like, why won't these headshots die? They won't die. <laughs> dude, it's I, insane. I, there's um, a show I did in 2011. They gave me $25. A show I did at the, at, at the, at the, um, Pasadena Ice House in LA, $25. And they still put it up. What they do is they take it down and re-put it up as if it's a new set. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. Cause these are jokes I wrote 10 years ago yeah. and you're, you're, you're presenting them as if I wrote them like two years ago. Yeah. And it's just like for $25, we were so dumb coming up. We were like, yeah, oh my God, $25. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I'm being paid, I'm being paid for my work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, announcements? Yep. Yeah. Um, thank you to all our patrons, Patreons, people that give us money. We are so grateful. Um, if you don't know, we have weekly bonus episodes. We have monthly bonus episodes. You can get stickers. Uh, you can control our Googles. I think I read somewhere that somebody doesn't know what that means. Um, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to clarify, that means you can tell us what to Google. I think we've only had two Patreons um, actually do that, but you can be like, you're almost being like lazy. You're like, I've thought about this. So we Google it. And then we have a little discussion about something you're curious about. Um, also, you can be a Google guest. Hopefully, you know what that means. Um, we've had uh, some of our um, listeners um, come on, tell us what they Google, and we discuss it. And um, yeah, signed book. You can um, get uh, access to uh, certain stand-up sets. There's tons of bonuses. So uh, patreon.com slash two non-doctors forward doctors. Yeah. And follow us on the socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at two non doctors. It's the number two full word doctors and at two non DRS on Instagram. And if you have time, leave us a rate and review that helps us out a lot. It helps us get seen. We appreciate it. We love it. We share it. it makes our days.
Yeah, they also trickle in. So I was like, we got one. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be like one a week and I'll be like, Maria, ring the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then uh, touring wise, I I don't know when this episode comes out, but I'm um, mid-September. I'm starting to tour again, Oklahoma City, a bunch of uh, cities in Texas. And then I have a bunch of stuff in October, like Chicago and Kansas City and St. Louis and I cannot remember the others. Oh, and then for um, Sunnyvale people, I was supposed to be in Sunnyvale in September. Um, it got moved to January. So I'll now be in Sunnyvale, California, January 20th to 23rd, something like where's, that. So where's wife. Sunnyvale in, co- in comparison to LA? Um, it's closer to San Francisco. So y- you would fly into San Jose, and then I think it's like hour That's and fine. a half, two hours, two hours from San Francisco. <laughs> I was just wondering if it was like north or south. I'm going to draw you a map. No, no, no. I, I'm like, that really don't need details. <laughs> I can see you backing away. You're like, oh my God, too, too much details. I'm like, okay, you're, get in the car. We'll go together. <laughs> no. I mean, where am I? Glasgow this weekend. Birmingham next weekend. I love Glasgow. That's actually, you know, when... Um, did uh, you do the Glee there? No, I didn't do the Glee. I did the stand. See, I, I keep hearing good things about the Glasgow stand, but I'm worried about the, the Glee clubs. You know, Why? I don't know. Well, because like a lot, that's like where all the like bachelor bachelorette parties go. So oh. it's more of a jonglers than like the stand is kind of feels like a more comedy savvy crowd. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it had a basementy kind of comedy seller feel at the stand. I mean, I hear amazing things about the stand in Glasgow. Like, it's one of the best clubs in the country. It was incredible, honestly. Glasgow stand. Uh, I think the comedy store in Sydney, and um, you know, probably cellar in New York um, are like some of the, my fondest memories of comedy. Like nice. It's like, and then of course the top secret uh, in London, but it's like, it's funny how like I could not understand one word. Anybody said to me that entire week, people comics in the green room. I got heckled. I was like, Oh, sweetheart. I don't know what you're saying. Like I was like, I'm just <laughs> saying great job and move on. But they were like, they were such a good audience, but also like legit could not do audience participation because the accent is just not English. I remember being on, um, I did a BBC like panel show for the radio and I was in Glasgow and the audience, the other comedians were all Glaswegian and they just all, they were just riffing off each other. And I was like, ha 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 ha. <laughs> like, and they were like, Maria, do you have any idea what we're saying? I was like, not it. Nope. Not a clue. Yeah. <laughs> so I can riff off them anything. Yeah. Because Edinburgh, Edinburgh, like not, not that strong, not that big yeah. of a deal. And you're just like, what is what? Yeah. It'll just take me a second. I'm just like, really like, Okay. <laughs> but if you you don't have a second when it's like moving fast. Oh yeah. Comedy. There's no second. There's no, they're like, everybody's laughing and you're like, okay. <laughs> you know, just be- <laughs> cool. <laughs> I just remember being in the green room and a comic asked me a question and I just smiled and they looked at me like I was a moron because I'd been pretending to know what they were saying the whole time. I had no idea. No idea. Yeah. Um, fan mail. Yeah. Okay. This was sent to my personal Instagram, but from one of our listeners, his, his Instagram started, it's name it's human. So, you know, good. Uh, we'll go with that human on Instagram. Okay. Um, if you have time, a rant, I just listened to your episode on shame. Thanks for that. Maybe this will trigger you. And I feel shame is part of the human. 
And I feel shame is part of the human experience. Gender is overrated. This is just as much shame. There's just as much shame in men as there is in women. We all make judgments on all levels of life, expectations that are not met, dressing not hip enough when, uh, when you're with the wrong people, not dressing sexy enough when you're with the wrong people, not being accepted by religious groups or same opposite different gender, especially now that it is acceptable for men to be excluded excluded and being judged on behavior we have we have to learn for good or bad reasons gossip being bullied being ghosted by fuck girls it really is a myriad of reasons for all for any gender i'm sorry it's just that i felt like you thought the shrinking violet feeling dishonorable etc are all more the female side experience which they are not that's all thank you for your work and so i i agree like he made a very valid point i think i think I don't think I meant to be dismissive to say that men's shame is only being man enough and women's is just this longer, more intricate list, like somehow we're more complicated. I think what I was trying to say is the not being man enough encapsulates a lot more of um, the details just because so much is shoved into not being man enough. But I completely agree that that um, um men's shame is just as complicated and intricate as women's. And I, I don't, I never want to come across as being, especially as two women hosting this, um, that somehow um, our problems are, 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 our problems are, our, you know, what affects us is, is more valid or, or um, more complex than men's. And I think that's why it was important for us to do that episode on, um, male depression and even just talk about um, some of the things that most people don't talk about. Cause I do think in general, and especially more now, like we're just extremely dismissive of men and, and I mean, the running joke on stage and comedy now is white male, you know, we talk about white male privilege, but there's just kind of this dismissiveness of like, ah, you're fine. You're doing great. And it's just like, yeah, you can acknowledge that there's privilege with also thinking people are complex humans. I just he was basically kind of calling out that I was saying and make, being a little dismissive. And I completely agree that in some ways it came across that way. And in some ways I was. Um, but yeah, of course, I think I think we both know that we're all complex humans that feel shame for so many reasons. Yeah, like I'm sure you feel a bit shamed about that. And <laughs> oh, I, I never want to make anybody feel bad. I mean, we're always I don't. But I mean, it's never hard. the intention. It's it's, it, you know, we're we're two women and we're generalizing comedians generalize. It's just easier to just say, like, most people feel this. Most people feel this. And, you know, you know, people, are of course, are going to write in and be like, well, I feel that, too. Yeah. No, and I don't think he, I think he was just kind of being like, be careful. Watch out what you know, because. I'm a dude and I'm complex and I think we all know complex people. I think in some ways, and this is what's interesting. If this was a bit, let's say I was doing a bit about shame. I would work on it for three to six months to make sure that the wording is in a way that I feel confident about it. It hits the marks both humor wise, but also as an intellectual. But the, we, and we talked about this when we first started doing the podcast. The thing I was the most scared about the podcast is I'm just talking, we put it out and I forget about it. And it's like, these ideas aren't fleshed out. My feelings about stuff aren't fleshed out. I'm not really listening to what I say in a full spectrum. Like, so it's like, I think sometimes you say stuff, you move on as opposed to my standup comes across as more um, uh, dually sided and, and intricate because 
it's a craft as opposed to, I'm not saying podcasting isn't a craft, but it's a much faster, less, less intricate craft. You know, this is all of us off the cuff, both in the information we put out to the humor that we go through. And there's a, a different type of enjoyment of it, but there's also, um, more collateral damage. Hence why almost every single person we know has been canceled because what have they said on a podcast? So yeah, (laughs) it really is how I'm going to get canceled. (laughs) It's crazy. It's like, cause we're expected to be um, funny off the cuff and quick and clever, but at the same time we have to walk on so many eggshells. I'm not just talking about, I'm not talking about this message. I'm just talking about in general, just to make sure like the wrong thing isn't said or the, you know, someone isn't getting offended or that comes out on a pod. That's why it's like, everyone's getting canceled based on podcasts. I know you're, I think you just said that, but podcasts specifically, it's never like someone's standup that cancels someone. This is, this is a first draft. We're putting out first drafts. Yeah. I would never, if somebody was like, Hey, put all your podcasts together and make it into a special. I'd be like, why would I do that? No, no, not, not our best work. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it has its, it has its charm. Thank you for listening guys. Um, but you know, we know where we shine the best, but I, in no way do I think he was saying that. And he was actually incredibly sweet about it, but I, I but also, this is why we ask people to write, write in, what are we doing wrong? What could have we, you know, what can we do better? Where did we miss the mark? So I'm grateful. Um, thank you for writing in. I don't know what your real yeah, name thank is. You. Thank you. Thank you guy from Berlin. Human, human from Berlin. <laughs> Um, Google's. Yep. I'm very uncomfortable right now. I, I think it's a mixture. My eczema has flared up the worst it's been in a long time. Ooh, um, you're also so stressed right now. Stressed out of my goddamn mind. But so I get, so even when my eczema completely went away for like kind of 10 years, I, like I said, I've talked about it being behind my head and it's actually, that one's actually doing okay. So I don't know. It moves too. eczema moves. It's really weird, but I've always gotten it on my hands in the winter. So um, anybody that's like been my roommate or has, has had me as a guest, I have no problem cleaning, doing dishes. I'm a little worker bee, but I have to have gloves. Like my dad was like, hey, can you do the dishes? I was like, do you have gloves? He's like, no. And I was like, then I won't be doing the dishes. Like it, too much soap. Like I use SLS, SLS free soap. I really hate using public restrooms. Clearly I do. Clearly I wash my hands, but I actually try to wait until I get home because the soap really strips my hands. And if I use it too many times, I easily get eczema on my hands. So anyway, I had to bathe pasta um, a couple of times. And so I'm not thinking I had to bathe her three times in one day. And it's, you know, this cat soap and my, and then of course she's been peeing on the ground. She's not doing great. So I'm cleaning up the floor. I'm using all these different sprays. Usually when I clean, I wear gloves, but I'm not. So I'm using Clorox wipes. Then I'm bathing her. I'm using my hands. My hands are in, I'm in so much pain. Like my hands really hurt. It's this weird type of eczema. That's kind of like, they call them blisters, but I don't feel like they're blisters. They're just like bumps and they're like in clusters. And this is the weirdest part. I'm watching, you know, I'm watching TV, pasta sitting in my lap, and then I drop something and I brush it against my toes and my toes have it now. And I don't remember ever having these bumps on my hands. It makes sense. I'm over washing them and and there's cleaning solvent and and the basically it's the 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 oils on your hands are being stripped and that's what can cause a breakout. Hmm. But I I can't remember ever having eczema on my feet like this not since I was a kid. Okay. So, Ooh, go on. 
Yeah. So I was like eczema. I basically just put in eczema bumps on fingers and toes because I think it's there's definitely different types of eczema. And I was just trying to figure out which one this was. And it's called dis, dyshyretic eczema, D-Y-S-H-I-D-R-O-T-I-C. It's like this sudden rash of small itchy blisters on your palms and, and along your fingers. And they also say feet. Um, there's no cure. They just kind of come and go, which is what I remembered is that like there's, they just kind of come and go. You just have to like kind of moisturize and think happy thoughts. Um, they pop up in clusters. And that's the thing is like, it's these little clusters on the side of my fingers. Um, they say they usually go to go away between two to three weeks, which is pretty with me getting them. That's pretty accurate. Um, they affect, basically they affect people from 12 to 40 and they're twice as common in women. Fun. Um, and then it can be caused by stress, contact with metals, sweaty or wet hands, which again, I think maybe all the bathing, oh, this pasta in the background. Aww. Um, and then for your feet, it could be like, a, um, uh, sorry, a sweatier, wet hands or feet and then warm, humid weather, which is absolutely what's happening in New York. Um, also could be caused by HIV infection. That's not the case. Um, certain treatments for um, a weak immune system, also not the case. And then seasonal allergies. I don't think that's the case. Mm-hmm. So I really think it's the mixture of stress and then um, over my hands being wet from like soap and Clorox wipes and the the cat shampoo. But I'm like, my, my hands haven't hurt this bad in a while. Oh no. Yeah. So of course. And then what's worse is that like, I'm it's, I still have to be doing a lot of these habits. Like, I know this sounds crazy. I'm not going to wash my cat in gloves. It just, you know, it sounds, I'm just not doing that. Yeah. Oh, so, so Yeah. So it's a, it's just a certain type of eczema and it will go away, but like, why are you doing that? Is there, do you feel like it's kind of more, it's more healing or more caring if you just use your bare hands? Yeah, a little bit. I do think it's like, it's like also, yeah, I don't know. I'm holding, like, I'm literally in the bathtub holding my cat. We're pretty much getting wet together. And it's just like, it's a very sad bonding experience, but it's, yeah, I'm just not. So I'm just kind of dealing with it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm was, sorry. I have to, yeah, it's okay. I have to say it was the feet one that really freaked me out. Cause this, I know will go away and it's just kind of painful, but what I literally no joke. Like I was like, I might, when my, when it was on my toes, I was like, no, my toe. Not that anybody sees my toes, but no, but you have a, do you have a lot of bad memories of your feet and breaking out next month, like covering them and you like swam with socks on. So it's not like, so it's like to repeat that sort of anxiety in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's no good. Yeah. And toes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the good news is it's pumpkin spice latte season. (laughs) that'll fix anything yeah Um, (laughs) all of a sudden we're like ad hi we here at starbucks (laughs) god i wish what'd you google i i I was googling about epsom salts but i feel like we've done that before um maybe i can't remember okay so let's go with benefits of magnesium bath salts yeah I was using magnesium for a while. I have a spray. Actually, when I moved, I found all my magnesium stuff. It's supposed to help with like soreness. It's supposed to help with eczema. 
Oh, oh yeah. Because it, it decreases inflammation and relieves muscle soreness and, and everything. Um, there is a difference between magnesium salts and Epsom salts. Because I think magnesium salts, like you could, you could get the, the synthesized Epsom salts or magnesium salts and they're not as good. So like the straight up real stuff is what you're supposed to use. And I got these, mag- I got these magnesium salts uh, at an organic shop. And then yesterday I was like, I'm going to take a bath because I was feeling like shit. And it was like the day after the taping. And I was like, I just want to relax. And I put like half the bag in and <laughs> it was the most, but I think it was because I was kind of sick. I don't know, but it was like when the steam was coming up and I put on didgeridoo music, which a lot of people seem to shit on didgeridoos. And I don't know why, because it is really relaxing. It's like very meditative. If you just let it be, if you get over the whole high school pot smoker part of it, um, <laughs> it's good shit. And so I was just listening to didgeridoo music and like sinking into this bath and the salts. And it was like so relaxing. And then I got out and I just, I felt like a noodle. <laughs> I felt so wobbly. <laughs> Oh, I know why we brought it up because I went to that that um Oh, you went to the float tank. Yes. Which is that, which what, is the same thing. Yeah. Yes. And they put so much Epsom salt in it that you float. And then yes. I also said my eczema felt better. See, we know. Yeah, exactly. So get some magnesium salts and give yourself a foot bath. But what wait, sorry, but what is the difference between magnesium and Epsom? Because I have Epsom salt. So there, well, Epsom salt is, it's, it is, okay. So Epsom salt is a naturally occurring mineral found in the ground made up of magnesium and sulfate. Magnesium is largely known as a muscle relaxant and sulfate is a protein builder for your joints. But I mean, I just think you can get synthesized ones that are cheaper. So basically the article is saying pay extra for the real stuff okay. because the synthesized ones, like it makes a huge difference to get the real thing. Epsom salts are magnesium salts. It's just, yeah. Gotcha. So it draws out heavy metals and toxins out of your body. And this is the thing they say with massages is that like, it like will squeeze out the toxins out of your body. So they always say to drink a lot of water after massage, but what are these metals? That's what I should have Googled. What metals are in my body that are coming out? Um, it relieves magnesium helps relieve constipation. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> When you're constipated, take an Epsom salt bath and it can help ease stubborn bowels. Hopefully not in the bath because <laughs> that's yeah, messy. You're, luckily you're close by. Yeah. And then it'll help relieve symptoms of athlete's foot. Um, yeah. I think it's an antibacterial. Antifungal, antibacterial. Yeah. Yeah. Improves heart Actually, health. It might even help my Google. And decreases inflammation. I know that's what I thought. Like I was like, oh, my, my Google matches your Google. We're on the same page. I kind of, now I want to Google like how does it do that? And if it draws toxins and, and metals out of your body, what metals and why does where that do cause go? when something gets drawn out of your body, where does it go? Do you pee it out? Is that why you're supposed to drink a lot of water? I think so. Oh, that's a good point. That's how everything is expelled through your urine. So yeah. And some of it's through your skin. Like that's sweating. Yes. Taking a Epsom or Epsom, 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 Epsom salt bath. E-P-S-O-M. Some, I think it's N. Oh, it's M. Damn it. I was right. I'm yeah. Yeah. I think you're supposed to drink water after these baths. I didn't do it. I was like, oh, I felt yeah. really lightheaded. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, is the dizzy's the good part? <laughs> I'll have to figure that out later as well. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get personal. Uh huh. Okay. If you were given $5 million, to open a small museum, what kind of mu- museum would you create? 
Whoa. Yeah, you go first. Can you guess what mine would be? Cats. No. Really? So. Second. For once, second the guess. answer isn't cats. Um, what, with that smile? Yes, I got it. Museum of Small Things. I mean, that would be a pretty good one. These are oh. all great guesses. I'm not saying they're not good guesses, but it would be lunchboxes. What, what? Why would I guess lunchboxes? You never talk about lunchboxes. No, I had them behind me. You don't I know, but you know, lunchboxes. yeah, but you don't like look at them and think lunchboxes. I remember album covers, but I don't remember lunchboxes. Well, also keep in mind out like albums. That's what, you know, there's record stores and people collect those. I'm like, I think I've always loved my lunchbox collection. And it's also something that like I take pride in. And, and I will say this, there's kind of a, um, my favorite bar. I'm sure, I think I, had a couple of birthday parties there when you lived in New York, um, Ace Bar. Do you remember yeah. they used to have both metal lunchboxes and plastic lunchboxes? They were all behind glass and it was like one of them. And then they had pool tables and a ski ball place. So I just, and they had these big booths. It was just a good bar. And I'm, yeah, it was one of the few bars that I liked going to and bringing people to. And I really genuinely would like, everybody would be talking and I just like go off and look at the lunchboxes. <laughs> but I'd like the idea of like the history of them, like 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 anything from like truly like people that would take them to work in construction sites to like the metal ones in the 70s to like the plastic ones in the 80s and 90s to like now they're kind of like soft and insulated now. But I just I think it would be fun. And then you would also learn about like TV shows and and I don't know, I think it would be such a interesting way to look at culture and history through the lens of kids, but also just the lens of what is one of the best meals, lunch. Nobody would agree with that. Fuck literally nobody. The best meal is obviously breakfast. And if not, you'd probably go dinner, but lunch. Lunch is a great meal. Lunch. It's there are not. So many- oh my God. Don't you dare talk. No, let's like do this. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> Throw down, bitch. <laughs> okay. The benefits of lunch. First, if you're working, it's your break. It's the, it's the time during the day that you get to stop working. It's, it's yeah. your little moment. Then what is not acceptable for dinner and not acceptable for breakfast is always acceptable for lunch. You can do anything from pizza to a sandwich to leftovers. Lunch is like this free for all where there's no real rules. You just have to be able to get through the day. Okay. You say leftovers like it's a good thing. That sucks. B. Sandwiches are boring. It's so boring. You're always rushed at lunch. This is why you always have terrible food at lunch. You're always rushed, right? Like, so you're like, just give me the thing that I can eat on the go. I don't like food on the go. The only people who do lunch right is like Spain and they have it at dinner time. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have dinner at midnight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I've always loved lunch. Like that's like the, especially in school, it's like, ah, that's where I get to see my friends and fucking <laughs> cheat on homework and stuff. And then you're like, I don't know, like trading lunch, like trading snacks and stuff. And then I think even like, not that I have much office experience, but that's where it's like, oh, you get to learn about people's like habits and cultures. You're just having a yogurt. What a weirdo. Like I, you just, I don't know. I, it, to me, it's like breakfast is kind of done in private. Dinner is kind of done in private. Lunch is this, you do it in front of other people. You're doing it with your classmates. You're doing it that's with interesting. Cause dinner to me is like, like post-work, like catch up with friends, bitch about the day or, you know, celebrate the day, whatever. Um, but like, 
you know, glass of wine, work is done. Everybody can chill and hang out. Lunch is so, it's just so stressful. I feel like I used to be when I had a job, but now it's, now it's pretty great, (laughs) but it's not the best meal of the day. Yeah. I just, I don't know both if you're eating it, like we are, like we're usually home or whatever. Um, but I don't know. And then it, it's just so public, both like what's on your lunchbox, what you brought for lunch. I think it showed like even ta- I, talking to like some of my friends that, that like they would be embarrassed about what their mom packed them. I know I was definitely embarrassed. I was always borrowing money to like buy different snacks because I hated my snacks. Also, like what I was packed for lunch has an influence on me. So like my mom used to make me salami sandwiches and dude, sometimes when I'm sad, I make a salami sandwich and it's like I just feel better. <laughs> Like it just yeah. feels like it, there's like these even, I don't know, but lunch boxes, I think both like, it's just like a weird, I like microcosms of culture. And I like, I even think it's like a great way to get to know somebody in a fun way. What did your mom pack you for lunch? Or what was your, you know, how did, did you bring lunch or did you buy lunch? Like, I don't know. So to me, a little museum of lunch boxes both show like the history of just like, the TV shows and culturally what was going on, but then also just how, if it's just America or I don't know, could, do other countries have lunch boxes? I don't know. I can only, I only know about my lunch boxes of the U S I don't know. I think both because I like collecting them. And then also it's just like, like I said, this microcosm of culture that is only seen through this lens. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's adorable. I like, I like the, I like the, I like the, yeah, I like the museum idea. Um, even though I don't agree with you about lunch, I do like the museum idea. Thank you. Yes. What do I love? Like, it would be cool to see, be cool to see a museum of greeting cards. No, that's not what I would, I wouldn't buy that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, I take it back. I take it back. I mean, obviously it would have something, something to do with food, like maybe a museum of like cooking utensils or something. It's actually kind of, what if you're just like museum of dinner, eat it, Liz. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's called. Museum of Dinner, Eat It, Liz. <laughs> um, what is a museum of food? Even like like pots, like you can go from like pottery to 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 utensils to to um you know cast iron skillets. I don't know because in that way you could see what people were eating like way back when. It was like oh, this is what they used to deshell the m- mollusks that they ate <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Would there be like recipes and stuff? Would it be like, ooh, seeing old recipes would be really cool too. Have you ever looked at an old cookbook? It's always like, I don't look at a current cookbook, but yeah, it's um, just like, oh my god, the the gelatin dishes from the seventies, oh. absolutely fucking foul. Yeah, I want all that. I want all of that, and then I want that wing. I do like the idea. They got really creative with that. Oh, but you could also like if you had just like I always think of Sam's Club because we had a Sam's Club membership when we were little. And then me and my siblings would all pile in the back of those little carts and then we'd try to get samples and it'd be like, Dad, aisle four, samples, samples, samples. But it'd be actually kind of funny if it was like they had samples of these weird gelatin things from the 70s. Like somebody would make like these dishes. Yeah. You go in a room in a museum and you put on headphones and then they like play something from that. That's time fucking, like, that's a great idea. We can, we can be like, this is what they ate back in the 1800s, you know? And if somebody had the plague, they'd get this meal as their last meal. <laughs> Here you can sample it. <laughs> it's just like green and bubbling. You're like, yeah, this stuff makes me want to die. <laughs> I do like the idea of like food sampling from the times. It's kind of fun. Yeah. All right. You can have $5 million. Thanks. Yeah. 
I like that ours was both food related. I'm kind of proud of us. Okay. Uh, we can combine them. So lunch boxes full of old food. All right. Never mind. Okay. Go on. What are we doing now? Stop it. <laughs> yes. I feel like this is like one of the most boring topics, but I was very excited about it. I'm excited. Um, to, yeah. Milk and milk alternatives. I think we've talked about oat milk so much in the last couple of weeks. It was, it was coming. Yeah. But there's so much to say about milk alternatives. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Where do we start? Um, I'll start with a brief history of milk and then we'll go into the milk alternatives, just like why milk alternatives became the explosion that they have in the last five to 10 years. Okay. Is that good for you? You're smiling at me in a, your adorable kind of way. No. Okay. Just the Um, exploding milk made me smile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, the first people to start drinking milk regularly uh, were early farmers and pastoralists. Hold on. We're starting with the history of milk. Yeah, just to so you know about milk, so that you understand why milk alternatives are important. Thorough. All right, cool. All right. Come on, man. Come on, don't do this to me. What? Uh, <laughs> um, but basically, sorry, it was- sorry, did I make you feel bad for real? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, no, you can't. You got to try harder than that, Muffin. Um, I was like, yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, early farmers in Western Europe, they were like the first people to start like be living with domestic animals, but also um, uh, milk all the time. Um, uh, crap, crap, crap. Okay, so just a couple of milk facts. Uh, milk allergies for kids, it's like 2 to 3%. And this is kind of funny. They were basically after like 80% of kids outgrow their milk allergy by 16. And I was like, who's forcing milk onto their kids? Like, you know what I mean? You find out your kid's allergic to milk and you're like, you will figure it out. Like, it's just <laughs> weird, whatever. Um, lactose intolerance, they actually believe 75% of the world population is intolerant to lactose, which is the sugar found in dairy. Um, a lot of people don't reason milk alternatives could also have been, um, developed or, or important is because of dietary restrictions. Clearly, if you're vegan, um, uh, it would be important to you not to have any kind of animal product. And then there's also the potential health risks, uh, contaminants like antibiotics, pesticides, and hormones. But then there's also a lot of research to be said that even in general, milk um, isn't good for you. Like without like the antibiotics and pesticides, just milk in the body. So they basically say that dairy is a flemin, P-H-L-E-G-M, I don't know, or mucus producing and it can be disruptive to di- um, people's digestion, causing most people to be to bloat or have gas. It is also inflammatory and will elevate your triglyceride levels. And there's a risk of uh, increased risk of sugar sensitivity. So, like in general, milk over time can have problems in people. Plus, then there's people that are lactose intolerant and etc. So it's just those reasons that milk alternatives. I want to say in the last. 10 years, but really I feel like in the last five years it's exploded. Cause I remember in college, the only milk alternative was soy. So my roommate was vegetarian and she had soy milk and I was like, soy milk sucks. Um, yeah. And, I love and it, then of but course, yeah. all the stuff came out that soy milk messes with your hormones and estrogen. And we can get in more into that later, but don't you feel like it's been the last five years that we went from dairy soy and then next thing you know there's like 50 different milk alternatives and everybody has their thing yeah so we'll start with soy right because that was sort of the first one which i love soy like people don't like soy milk and i don't i don't get it and i think i'm kind of allergic to soy like unless i took an allergy test i was allergic to um soy milk not soy milk but soybeans 
I, soy is the one that is the best consistency until oat milk came is the best consistency in coffee, like lattes. Yeah. Cause there's, there's a lot of protein in soy. It has like the same amount as milk. And, uh, Does so the, curdle? yeah, it does. So we'll talk. Yeah. Oh, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to double check. It curdles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, because of the proteins like you can, you can get the foam that if you want like a latte foam, you can get the, the, get the little, little bubbles, which I like the little bubbles. Cause if you notice, like if you like foam rice milk and stuff, there isn't enough protein to help it stick together. So you can foam it, but it's big bubbles and it doesn't really stay. Okay. Um, it curdles in coffee because of the, uh, the acidity in coffee. Oh, so okay. if you put cold soy milk in hot coffee, it will curdle, but you can just warm up the soy milk a little bit or wait for the coffee to cool a little bit and then it won't curdle. Okay. Yeah. I think the same would happen with coconut milk. Yes. There's some, it happens okay. with a lot of milks. Yeah. Yeah. And it would always like, I just kind of like whatever, but it always kind of just kind of bums you out. Gross. It's, yeah. It's, it's just like, oh, and it has like a vinegary taste to it. And I don't know if that's just in my head or not, but, but you see it curdle and you go, oh, it's vinegar now. I don't feel that way about it. That's unique <laughs> to you. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, dude. But it, it, it would just like, it would take the excitement of the beverage down a notch. Yeah. Nobody likes um, curdled. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so they say large amounts of isoflavins um, can affect estrogen receptors in the body and affect the function of hormones. So that was the biggest thing that it feels like it was milk or soy milk for years. That's what, you know, the alternative would be. And it was that, that was it. And then all these kind of studies came out that it messes with just the estrogen level in people and it can have long-term effects um, on the body. They also say for people that are on the food map diet, it can cause digestive issues. So as some, like as somebody with IBS, the diet I'm supposed to be on is the food map diet, which we might do an episode on because I hate it. It is, makes no sense to me. I'm sure it makes sense, but it's just one of those, it's not like simple rules. So it's really like, you have to have like a fucking list and you're all to eat and you're like, I can have this, but I can't have this. But anyway, it's, it's a lot of these alternatives um, aren't great on the food map diet. Like anybody that has digestive issues, this might be a problem. Yeah. Well, so like overall, right. There's, there's soy, there, there's the nut milks, there's seed milks, there's rice milk. Are there any other kind of like, did you do, did you do any research on like lactose free milk? Cause I forgot to do that. What do you it's mean? not really a milk, milk alternative, but it's just like milk that has um, oh, they've taken like the sugar lactate. out. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I completely forgot. That's okay. So like, it's not really a milk alternative anyway. So the one that these are the, I'm just going to list them real quick and we can go through them. So soy, almond, coconut, oat, rice, cashew, macadamia, hemp, quinoa. Oh, and then I found a list and one of them said pea milk. Oh yeah. So pea milk. Yeah. What is pea milk? First of all, I know it's PEA, but let's talk about how, like if I I was at a coffee (laughs) shop and I was like, Hey, can I have a pea milk latte? Thank you so much. (laughs) No. Well, you can only say, you say, well, you say oat latte now. So maybe it's just a pea latte, which is actually worse. Worse. Um, (laughs) My, my, I offer you a pea latte. No, Liz. You're a hippy dippy freak. No, I don't want a pea latte. <laughs> Nobody wants a pea latte. What is pea milk? Please educate us. I just think it's just the protein from peas. What is it? And they made like? a milk out of it. It's not good. I, I like. I think Shit, I tried it because my flatmate. Good. 
my flatmate has pea muck and I tried it and I was like, I don't, I'm good. I don't like it, but I can't remember what it tasted like. But the, the, the point of it is, is that it has a, like a lot of protein and it's lower in calories and the protein is, um, for me, it's good. Cause you can froth it. No to pea milk. No to pea milk. No to pea milk. But no, the reason I even found out about it is it says best milk alternatives for health and environment. Number one is oat. Congratulations. Um, (laughs) It's climate friendly, low in water use. Oh, low in water use and land use. And then uh, low in greenhouse greenhouse gas emissions. So it's like one of the the healthiest ones for the environment and um, whatever. And then it's almond, coconut, macadamia soy and then pea milk but like i said i don't give a fuck how great pea milk is that's never happening like just lingo alone <laughs> i'm not offering anybody lattes ah uh, you're the one that got me into oat milk like you're like that one does that am i wrong to say that feels like a newer one i feel like it's i've a newer only one. heard of oat milk in the last like two years yeah it's a newer one so like what happened? So like soy milk came out and then they were like, oh, well, if you don't like soy milk, there's almond milk. And then everybody's like, ooh, almond milk. I love almond milk. And it's almond milk is fine. It's not great. And then they were like, oh, almond milk's bad for the environment. And so they were like rice milk or whatever. And then paleo came out and that was all coconut. So that's where coconut milk came from. Like, yeah, I and feel that's like actually paleo became big 10 same. years ago. Coconut everywhere. And I was yeah, I would say I went I went milk, soy, soy I wasn't a fan of. And then I went to coconut milk. Coconut milk is just the only problem with it is that it's naturally sweet, which is good. But yeah, if you don't like sweet or if you're trying to avoid sugars, it's not great. Yeah. And it has a lot of saturated fat and they're not sure it's the good kind of saturated fat either. Yeah. Also, like it's just watery. Yeah. So, 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 okay. So like the coconut milk in like Asian dishes is like kind of thick or whatever, but like the ones that are in the boxes with the soy milk and the rice milk and all that stuff, it's just more watery. And I yeah. find it. it Doesn't I, it put, put you off when you see the boxes of almond milks and soy milk on the shelf and you're just like, they're not refrigerated. Why, why is it even in the refrigerated section? I think they just put it in the refrigerated section because people are used to going to that section for milk, but they don't need to at all. But it like puts me off completely when I see it. Yeah, I do. And it puts me off completely when I see it on the shelf because it's like this shit will last forever. We just don't want to tell you that. So we put it on the shelf. shelf, I immediately think of like the gums and the stabilizers and whatever else they put in for it to last as opposed, not to say that that stuff isn't in any of all the other stuff. Like clearly there's stuff in like regular milk. They have stuff to make it have a longer shelf life and what have you. But yeah, it does kind of bum me out. So of course I have oat milk in my fridge right now and it was in the refrigerator section. What I brand did you get? When I was in my regular grocery store before I moved, it was Oatly maybe? Oatly, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And uh, there's another brand that it's like a Swedish brand that came out and is in the stores here and I love it. And um, you just like looking at ingredients, it has less ingredients and it tastes better, but it's called, like, it starts with a J. I can't remember what it's called. Oh man, I want um, but the sweet options. The Nordic you countries know. do everything right. They do everything right. Oh, <laughs> okay. of course, of course. If I w- honestly, I think if I was in Europe, I I would jump to things a little more quicker because I know it's going to be done in a ethical and um, tasty way. Like you know what I mean. Like I know, yeah. like the same way that like when we're in Scandinavia and we get their brunches, their hotel brunches is better than anything I've seen in a restaurant. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, the hotel brunches in, you know, fucking any hotel that we're in in the U.S. It's like some powdered eggs and cereal. Oh, yeah. The U.K. is pretty bad about it, too. Like I was at a budget hotel and they were like, you get breakfast. 
um, uh, what time do you want your hot sandwich? And I was like, why do I have to tell you? <laughs> so they know when to microwave it. And yeah. they handed me, and I asked for the veggie roll because it was a roll. It was basically their rolls are like meat on bread. That's it. And I uh, asked for the veggie roll, veggie sausage roll. And then the guy comes out and he goes, I think it's just a sausage roll. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. Fuck <laughs> it. That literally sounds like a 7-Eleven meal that they give to you as you walk out the door. It basically is. Yeah. Ugh. Look, come on, UK. I mean, it depends. This is the biggest thing is it depends what you're using this stuff for, like putting it in baked goods, putting it in your coffee, people eating cereal with it. Like to me, like I want something a little thicker for my tea or my coffee, but some stuff is just easily hidden if you're baking with it. You know what I mean? Like that same mm -hmm. thing with like uh, sugar alternatives as somebody that used coconut sugar for a while. Um, uh, you know, some stuff is like one for one, some stuff you can see the bread doesn't rise as well. Like, so it's like, you kind of need somebody else to do the research of what it's best for. Um, Cause I remember eating cereal with soy milk and I was like, this is good enough. When I heard people have eaten yeah. cereal with water, I was a little bit like, Ugh. but then you eat cereal with coconut milk and you're like, is it any different? It's, yeah. It's, seriously. Rice milk is the same. Rice milk is so thin that you're just like, yeah, might as well be water. It's just yeah. white to make you feel better. Yes. Like some of it is also like you start to realize some of it is 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 visual like this should be white. So when it's like kind of this like beige or beige color, it just kind of takes you out of it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. But I know my ex used rice milk for everything. So if I did have cereal at his place or I wanted something for my beverages, it was rice milk. It was fine. But yeah, the really the only benefit to rice milk is that it's like I think what, like it's gluten-free or something. I get that, that rice milk has sugars and like, like it's like high in carbs, which is the problem with it. It's low in protein and high in carbs. You know what the real benefit is? What? It's the least allergenic. So all these oh. nut people. So I, so some, oh, so okay. like the seven main allergies that actually might be a good episode is the main allergies. But one, one of the main, didn't we do allergies? Oh yeah. We, we did an episode on allergies. Yeah. Who knows? Um, nothing can be done. We, you know how this goes in and out of our brains. Yeah. So, um, so soy is one of the major allergies for people, and clearly, uh, uh, tree nuts is a major allergy. So that's where rice milk comes in, saves the day. Um, what is hemp milk? Um, it's like hemp seeds that they milk, Great. the same way they make any other milk. Did, did you look into how they make milk? Regular milk? No. <laughs> oh, how they make. So most of these is like, so I know like it's pretty easy to make your own almond milk because it's just water and almonds and like a, like a, what do you, sorry, this looks like a milking. The, 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 the cheesecloth basically. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So you soak, you soak it in the water for a few hours or overnight and then you blend it and then you squeeze so that it, it gets rid of all the bits. And so you just have the milk. So you can easily make these yourself. Yeah. Yeah. They say but it's the same process for all of it. Yeah. No. And, and I think as somebody pointed out, I don't know who gets credit for it. These are, it's juice. It's juice. None of this is <laughs> it's juice. You're having almond juice. I would say like, like cashew and macadamia, I would think is higher in calories. I actually don't know if that's true, but like in probably general, cashew nuts sweeter than all the other. Yeah. Nuts. I think I did cashew milk for a minute and I was like, Whoa, I, let's be honest. <laughs> cashew butter. Amazing. Oh my God. Um, it's so good. Cashews just taste like cookies. There was a time where I, I, I took out sugar completely out of my diet 
And so I was eating cashews and I was like, it's like eating a sugar cookie. <laughs> I, so I loved it thing. so much. And then you overeat it and you're like, why am I gaining weight? And you're like, oh, I ate a whole <laughs> bag of cashews, which yeah. you're not supposed to do. Um, <laughs> But I think we both, I think because of your influence, I think we both fell on oat milk as our milk alternative. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's got the same amount of calories, if not maybe even a little bit more as regular milk, which is a lot of the benefits that a lot of these substitutes is that they have less calories, but it's creamy. And that's really what I'm going for here. Yeah. It's the creaminess. Um, Tell us about your milk alternatives. (laughs) Um, yeah, I would, I would love to know if there was any like benefits or, or if you like, I think it really is like, I've learned, like, it's almost like you you have to be more case by case basis. Like oat milk is good for coffee and soy milk is good for bacon. Like, I kind of want to know what you found is your thing for each place, because I, I actually don't think it's a one thing fits all, unfortunately, when it comes to milk alternatives. Um, but yeah, you can write to us at two non doctors. That's two non full word doctors at gmail.com and we appreciate you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Dizzy's the good part.